Good morning. Welcome to Friday morning, June the 4th in 2021 on When I Rise. Here we, get, here we are again on a Friday. We made it. Praise the Lord, right? Uh, we're currently in year B of the Revised Common Lectionary, and we're in proper week five, which is the second Sunday after Pentecost. Once again, this is like the long season of the church year that we call Ordinary Time. And because of that, like the themes from verses, like all the verses from week to week, don't seem to correlate as well. But we get to cover a lot of ground in the scripture text. That's what I love about Ordinary Time season of the church. So we're going to conclude our week of podcasts in the gospel, which the gospel reading for the week is in Mark chapter 3, verses 20 through 35. So these early scenes of Mark, this fast-paced narrative build of the early ministry of Jesus. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When Our Eyes. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Mark chapter 3, verses 20 through 25. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. He is driving out demons. So Jesus called them over to him and began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they were saying he has an impure spirit. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. This is the word of God for us. An idea that I've been turning over in my mind quite a bit the last couple of weeks is the idea of family, particularly faith families. Um, and I think if I could break down a healthy ecosystem of a family, it would be where every member has this sense where they are counted on, where that if they weren't there, the, the whole would be going without. But at the same time, they can count on others, recognizing that not all their needs can be met from them alone and so they want to belong to a greater whole so that they can have their needs provided for. So you have this interesting uh, maybe paradox, maybe a tension that's held in together is can I be counted on and can I count on others, right? And so whenever we experience that, we experience this idea of family. Now sometimes when I think we think of families, we think of uh, families with the same last name, uh, brothers and sisters, siblings, whatever, mom and dad, extended families. Um, And some people have a great experience of family in a nuclear family system, and others find that sense of family elsewhere because they haven't found that experience 
from their homes. So this is an interesting window because, uh, at least from my faith tradition, we talk about the family, we talk about moms and dads and kids um, walking together with the Lord. And so this is always a bit of a fly in the ointment because Jesus seems to have a little bit of frustration with his own family, or at least they're frustrated with him. Mark does this thing where he does, it's called an interchange, where he has two stories that he mashes together. So what he'll do is he will start a story and then it'll be interrupted by story B, and then it comes back to story A. And this is what happens here. If you notice in the first couple verses of our reading this morning, Jesus goes to a house, and he's not eating because ministry is too busy. And his family heard this, and they went to take charge of him. Okay, so then that's where story A ends. And then Mark quickly pivots to teachers of the law coming from Jerusalem. So you have two groups of people. You have the, the extended family of Jesus. We assume Mary, brothers and sisters, right? There's no mention of Joseph. Um, and then you've got another group. So Jesus' family is coming down from somewhere to try to capture him. And then you have teachers of the law coming down from Jerusalem. And Mark does this so that we can see them side by side. So we know that his family's disturbed because he's not eating food. He's like doing that, like, what is it called? Intermittent fasting, it seems. I don't know. Maybe Jesus was on to something early and we're just not picking up on it, right? Um, and then we have these teachers of law. Now we get the full explanation of the rationale of the teachers of law and why they are uh, against Jesus. Because they say that he is casting out demons, doing miracles by this nebulous evil spirit called Beelzebul, which is prince of demons, I guess, in shorthand. But then this is where the parable ministry of Jesus begins in Mark. He knows that he's not going to persuade the teachers of the law, but he does want to give them a rhetorical rebuttal for their frame of mind. And so Jesus says this, you know, quite logically, if a house is divided against itself, that house will not stand. And so here I am putting people's life back together out of the grip of Satan, and you're saying that I do that by the power of Satan? That does not seem to make sense. And then he gives them a warning about an eternal sin. And Mark is the closest to give us some sort of rationale what this might be. Mark says, he said this because they were saying he has an impure spirit. And so Jesus gives them a stark warning. Be careful what source you claim these things are coming from. And then we get back to story A. Then Jesus' mother and his brothers have arrived, standing outside. They sent someone in to call him. So they don't even want to, like, meet Jesus face to face. There's so much beef, I guess. And so Jesus says, actually, I need to reframe what family is. Whoever does the will of my father, that is my brother, my sister, and my mother. Now, is Jesus disowning his family? He is not. But he's trying to get to a deeper issue, not just of loyalty, but that sense of Mutual counting on others and being counted on as a basis for community and relationship. So Jesus says, I mean, here they are. Like, they've come down. They want to steal me away, take me away from something that's important to me. And when they get here, they don't even want to, like, they don't even want to come speak to me face to face. So Jesus says, let me just acknowledge what is already perfectly clear. The family that seems I have affinity with are those who want to be on mission with me. Here's the deal. Like, There's a lot that we could say here. All I know is that each and every one of us who are tuning in today, we are wired for relationship and we're looking to be known, to be seen, and to be counted upon and to count on others. For some of us, this has been a struggle throughout COVID-19 and the quarantining and the pandemic and all that stuff and maybe other tensions that we find in our culture. For some of us, we've been able to thrive in this moment. We've been able to find some people to dwell with and to uh, spend time with. So I'm just going to offer a general prayer this morning. 
that we would have the same realization that Jesus points to uh, in this passage. Uh, that you, you and I would be able to be attached to people who do God's will together. And we will find great fulfillment in that type of a community. And it needs we need prayer because this type of community takes work. Uh, it takes a long time to search for and to find and develop. Uh, we will be tempted to give up too early with people because we, maybe we don't um, mesh with them right away. And so we need to have guts to say, God, I want community, not because I worship community, but because I know that I'll sense you in the midst of a community where you're the center. And that's going to be my prayer for us for the season ahead. So let me spend some time praying for us this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you that you've created us for community. It's a reflection on the community and the one in three, the Trinity, that you have experienced for ages upon ages. And we thank you that as we find others who are also in you, that we get some echoes and some sense of what it means to dwell together. God, we understand that dwelling community takes a lot of sacrifice. We sacrifice our own needs for the sake of others. Uh, we learn to carry the burdens of others and not just our own. And so, God, we confess to you that sometimes we struggle with community. We don't um, want to possess all the fruits of the Spirit that allow us to thrive in community. And so, God, forgive us. And we pray that you would give us an appetite for a community that's shaped like Jesus. God, many of us, we've been isolated. Uh, and that's because uh, work has uh, caused us to be working from home or perhaps we've relocated recently or... Uh, perhaps we're trying to be extra careful because of people or our own health concerns. God, whatever it is, we've we've been sanctioned off, uh, and community has been synthetic. It hasn't been something that's been tangible. And so, God, we uh, bring the need of community before you once again, and we thank you that you would help us to orchestrate a community that we can call our own, that we can be counted on, and people can count on us, and uh, we can count on them, and uh, that somehow we'd see... Uh, the resurrected Christ in the midst of a, a group of ordinary people. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to have a, a path illumined in front of us to take steps towards community today, uh, where it demands more of us and where we can trust others around us. So, God, we love you. Be with us and bless our path towards community. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <music>